Hey y'all, it's me, Ed Carbajal, mixed martial arts writer for MMANews.com, MyMMANews.com, SureDog.com, and contributor contributor over at 137 p.m. Um, it is June 1st, uh, late, I know I missed a week last week, or was it a week or two, which means, I mean, it's kind of a good sign because it means... Uh, closer to opening up as far as my location in the Northeast. However, you heard me remark on the date. Um, You know, obviously the country is uh, not in the best shape right now. I mean, on top of the pandemic, I don't know why what happened with George Floyd happened. Um, You know, with everything going on, the uh, I, I honest, I'm a little speechless. Obviously, it's hard to remark on something that has affected, uh, obviously, Mr. Floyd and his family. But I mean, it looks like the whole country has had enough of um, those types of police officers. Uh, so when I say those types of police officers, what I'm getting at is, um, you know, so. This is a mixed martial arts podcast. Anyone that listens to this one or the Coast to Coast Combat Hour knows that I'm a lifelong martial artist, student of martial arts. Anyone that's in that environment trains with a lot of law enforcement officials over time. Some of my closest friends and training partners are police officers who are also disgusted by what happened to George Floyd. Um... The, the day after I spoke with one of my he, he's a purple belt that trains with me I'm not going to say his name or anything but we talked about that because obviously you know it's, it's people that take up the badge good people that take up the badge that's not something they do it for and when I tell you these people are good people you know they've, they've helped me move when I needed help moving they've helped me you know through hard times and you know, very close friends of mine helped me through through issues in my life, and 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 mind you, I am not. Uh, I know I speak. I'm speaking clearly and stuff like that, but I'm Mexican. I'm I'm not. Uh, you know, I'm not someone that doesn't get profiled. Put it that way. So, uh, but they still, they're still. You know, they're like brothers to me. So, sad time that time in this country i mean with everything going on the, the with the the pandemic and then that happened and you know people have been shut in and frustrated enough it's it's hard to be silent and i think that was just uh you know that was just something that 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 was kind of the last draw i mean it's, it's there's a long history of that type of behavior in this country so with everything going on and then for that to happen i mean i think that's why we're seeing what we're seeing in the news so i didn't want to start this podcast without addressing it because it's obviously affecting my mood and and everyone else's mood so uh it, it was a hard weekend you know i mean i know there were fights this weekend the ufc returned to uh, nevada had um, a pretty good card in the ufc apex which is designed for these like uh, contender series, uh, ultimate fighter type of situations where no crowds are, are really in anyway. But, um, you know, it's hard to 
as much as we need sports back to keep people more leveled off from stuff like what's going on happening, um, you know, it, it was hard to, to focus on, uh, it's not like it was when it was in, you know, in Florida, we had those three events in a row and we were all excited kind of to have some sport back. But, um, you know, with this going on, they even recognized it at the beginning of the broadcast. Whether that was, you know, proper or not, that's for you to decide. But it's definitely something you can't um, ignore uh, or or not pay attention to. So with that being said, I, I just wanted to address it out, out front because uh, I know I'm a little less enthusiastic sounding as I record this and uh, so that's why um, I'm really sorry that this is happening to yeah I I love this country but you know when you see stuff like that and the stuff that's going on it makes it makes it hard to do but you know we will we'll all if we have to get through it and we have to be better human beings all around you know just because you know with the destruction of property and stuff that's uncalled for too but uh, you know you really don't know what else to I'm sorry, I got a text message. You don't really know what else to, uh, you don't really know what else to say or do, or we just gotta get through it. Like, I mean, this history has shown these things happen, and we can get through it, and hopefully, some something positive comes out of it. I know there has been some. The media is not showing a lot of positive things that are happening, but that sheriff that walked and marched with the protesters, I mean, stuff like that has happened in a few places. I know that it happened, uh, I think that sheriff was in Minneapolis, in an area of Minneapolis, um, also in, uh, or Minnesota, I could be wrong, but I mean, I'm sure you've seen the videos by now. Happened here in Camden, law enforcement walked with protesters, and I know there's some parts of New York where... You saw stuff, good stuff like that, and then there's bad things. But So the media is going to show you the bad stuff. And um, I guess, I mean, even the thing is, with between the type of media I do and what, what these uh, quote-unquote, this is why I never call myself a journalist. Because journalists feel like they have to be these, you know, these impactful pieces and stuff like that. So that's why you get the stuff, you get all this these horrible images coming to you versus... The positive ones that show that that you know some people are actually do see what's happening and do recognize that change needs to be made. But anyway, again, this is the MMA afterthought. Uh, I wanted to record this because I know I missed last week. Uh, we had a uh, you know last week there were no events, but uh, this weekend was uh, Titan FC 60 from Miami, Florida on Friday night. UFC Apex Nevada on Saturday night, and then um, Sunday had Submission Underground. Uh, 14 from Portland all closed off no fans so interestingly enough uh, Titan FC is based Titan FC is based in Florida so they went on uh, that was their first event that event Titan FC 60 was supposed to be in uh, Dominican Republic but obviously with the travel restrictions it was a small shorter card and um you know, pretty quick event, but it was, uh, they held it inside the MMA Masters Gym in Miami, and, uh, if, uh, if you live in the, in, on the East Coast, super humid all up and down, so 
whatever you felt near where I'm at, which is in the Northeast, it's always tenfold in, in Miami. Um, so that's that was an issue with the fighters were sweating as they walked in. But great finishes. The final uh, fight featured a, a really uh, devastating knockout. Um, you can check uh, mymmanews.com. I didn't do the results. Uh, Mr. Kowal, who runs that site, did them. Please check that out the results there. And um, I know a lot of folks. It's funny about the UFC. Obviously, with everything happening, maybe that many folks didn't know uh, that there was an event. But there was there the um, uh, also the the main the main event of that of the uh, Apex card from Saturday. It had Tyrone Woodley versus uh, Gilbert Burns. So. Woodley being the former champion, that was his first fight back. He hasn't fought in a little over a year. And then Gilbert Burns, who actually fought at the beginning of the pandemic. So he was like the first main eventer for a UFC event. Um, I'm actually in contact with him, so I'm trying to get an interview with him. Um, speaking of which, I do I did do an interview last weekend, and uh, it will be at the end of this podcast. I should have mentioned it at the beginning. But Anthony Taylor, pretty boy Anthony Taylor, who fights at Bellator, I'll tack that interview on the end. He's trying to stir something up with uh, Aaron, Aaron uh, Chalmers, who fights on a lot of events in Belter UK. He was on the Gordy Shore, which is like the UK version of the Jersey Shore, um, and he's an MMA fighter now. So they're they're pretty well matched, pretty well experienced. So look for that at the end of this uh, recording um, for this week's podcast. That way I can make up some to you guys for not uh, list, for not recording last week, but. Burns versus Woodley. So Burns uh, fought uh, at the UFC Brazil event that suddenly became a closed-off event, and uh, he knocked out Damian Maya. So he, you know he climbed the ranking. Burns has been busy. Burns is a super busy fighter. All of December he competed in three grappling events that were you know various rule sets too. You know some were sub only. I believe two of them were sub only, and one was advantage Polaris that he did. So he constantly, constantly, constant competitor. Uh, I got in touch with him before his name started getting popular when he did a uh, uh, combat jiu-jitsu match for Titan FC while he was still under contract with the UFC, and he's super nice. So, you know, obviously he's climbed the rankings, so the more popular he gets, the harder it is for me to get in touch with him. So I'm trying to get an interview with him for MMANews.com, but um, I, I knew he was going to win. I actually called it to win by decision. You can see that's what I submitted over at SureDog.com. And, um, I mean, uh, you know, all that training and constantly competing in something, it seems to have paid off, and it shows, you know, versus Woodley, who who left. I mean, he lost, he's on two losses in a row now. He lost his title to Usman, and he took that time off, he says, to, to train in Thailand and reevaluate, reassess his whole, you know, mindset for fighting. But then when the fight started... What we saw was the same Tyrone, Tyrone Woodley that we've always seen. Um, so, uh, which is why, I mean, not for nothing, he lost by a decision to Burns. Burns dominated him, but, you know, he didn't finish him. He finished Maya. He's, uh, he's finished, uh, you know, he's got finishes on his record, but that, that goes to, that's a testament to Woodley and why he's a former champion. He, I mean, even though he lost by a decision, if you want to say he's not really focused on the sport, to still lose to someone like Burns by decision means he's still very tough in uh, MMA. So, um, 
it was a great win. I'm really happy for Burns, especially with him being such a nice guy and super open. And, I mean, he responds to my text messages when I text him and stuff like that. So, congratulations to Gilbert Burns. I'm really, that was, uh, I knew he was going to do it that way. And I'm really happy that he did. Co-main event was Blagoy Ivanov versus uh, Augusto Sakai. Um, split decision win for Sakai that he wants to dispute, which I don't understand. Because he grabbed the fence when uh, when um, Ivanov went for a takedown. I believe it was in the final round. And um, I don't know. I feel like a point should have been. Daniel Cormier said because of that. he was. He, it's funny with no crowd. Daniel Cormier and, and his enthusiasticness calling the, the fights. He yelled it out. And the referee warned Sakai. But the, no point was taken away. So... I guess because it was the first time he did it in all three rounds, but I don't know. It just it, it seemed like um, split decision means not everyone was in agreement. Um, I feel like Sakai got lucky. He shouldn't really dispute that. Uh, you know, he got the win. If he disputes it, uh, you know, they might look at it again and actually, <laughs> you know, change the decision to Ivanov. Um, but either way, I mean, um, you know, Ivanov is a former World Series of Fighting um, heavyweight champion, you know, so so as we've seen with Justin Gaethje and Marlon Moraes, the, the former champs of the WSOF have done well in the UFC, whether they be highly ranked or uh, in contendership, so I think that bears mentioning. And then, uh, you know, Caitlin Chikugian, I don't know why I didn't think she was going to win, but she... She beat Valentina Shevchenko after losing to um, geez, the Shevchenko champion. Why did I <laughs> bullet? <laughs> Wait a minute, not Valentina. Uh, Amanda. I'm confusing the sisters. So the one that's a champ <laughs> beat Caitlin, and then uh, not Valentina. What's this lady's name? Oh well, Amanda. I don't know. I forgot. I can't. I can't believe I forgot her first name. I don't want to say it on this podcast, but I, I actually find her more attractive than the current champ, Shevchenko. But either way, the one that's not blonde uh, and not champion uh, lost to, uh, to Caitlin Chikugian, who, who's, which is weird because I thought she would have been able to pass on some knowledge to her sister on how to beat her. But, I mean, I guess that's the difference between the sisters. So, yeah, all overall, oh, the uh, Billy Quarantilla fight against uh, Carlisle, that fight... Definitely some sort of fight of the night. I, I think Dana White said that they, they gave it to performance of the night to other fighters, but he said he was going to kick him something because a lot of people were like, yo, they need something. That fight, that fight was nonstop um, craziness. Billy Quarantillo, who's been on the Coast to Coast Combat Hour podcast, won that fight. It was a great win. Um, he's definitely a grinder. My only concern for him is that it seems like this is the third time where it seems like people think... I mean, he gets through it, obviously, because he's been winning. He won a contender series. He won his fight in D.C., and then he won last weekend. Uh, He fought in D.C. last October, November. That's what we interviewed him for on Coast to Coast Combat Hour. But he he definitely... um, he's, He's a force to be reckoned with, but... My only concern is that it seems like the the first rounds of the f- last now three fights that I've seen from Contender Series to this Apex fight, um, it seems like the first round. I mean, 
the higher he moves up the UFC's rankings and and competition, the more dangerous it's going to be for him to give up that first round. He's doing like what I like to call uh, Rocky's Clubber Lang method of winning. So if you're not familiar with Rocky 3, when uh, Rocky Balboa has his rematch with Clubber Lang, his strategy is to allow Clubber Lang to punch himself out in the fight which means you know you're taking a lot of of damage to to return some later um you know i think that's gonna that's not gonna be good for for billy if he if he does that in the in the ufc not that he took a lot of damage because he actually didn't take that much damage but uh you know when it comes to like judges and their how astute they are and, and what billy's doing off of his back I think that might be an issue later in his career. But, I mean, you know, the, the guards are definitely changing. You saw that with with Burns. You're seeing that with, I mean, the, both these guys were young. But Carlisle, not for nothing, that that guy, if, if he learns to control himself a little, he's going to be, uh, he's definitely going to be someone to watch on future events. Uh, and um, off the top of my head, those are all the fights that stood out to me. And, uh, oh, Tim Elliott versus Brandon Royval. How could I forget that? I mean, uh, I love watching Tim Elliott uh, fight. If you, if, you, if you haven't seen him fight, he won the, uh, the flyweight tournament season of The Ultimate Fighter where they, they all got to, uh, they did a whole season of The Ultimate Fighter for the flyweights for one fighter to make it to fight uh, Demetrius Johnson for the title. And Tim Elliott won that season, and then he fought for the title Damn near submitted Demetrius Johnson. So he actually had a more convincing battle, in my opinion, than Henry Cejudo did, uh, you know, because he came close to the finish. But um, when he fought uh, Mighty Mouse, and obviously Mighty Mouse is now in one championship, uh, but, uh, you know, that's worth a watch. If you have Fight Pass, definitely rewatch it. So I like Tim Elliott, and Tim Elliott put on a really good ground, a ground clinic, ground grappling clinic it's what i'm looking for and uh he did uh he did really well but um shout out to royval who uh who endured it all and capitalized on on the fatigue mostly fatigue because he got he got elliot in an arm triangle and submitted him and elliot was if you were if you watch it which i rewatched it twice because it's a great fight this is the Elliot does try to do the old school uh, defenses, but you could tell he tapped more due to fatigue than anything because of his constant takedown. I mean, when you try to take someone down for damn near three rounds, you know, that that's, you know, I, I don't know many people that have that type of cardio. So um, it was a great night of fights. Sucks that it had to happen on, on the weekend after, uh, you know, this whole this whole mess in the country started. So if you did need an escape, that was some sort of escape. But, you know, escapes are, are seem to be temporary when it comes to with everything going on, especially something like that. So anyway, uh, stay tuned for the uh, Anthony Taylor interview. Again, uh, it's from a couple of weeks ago. There's an article uh, about it over at MyMMANews.com. Please check that out. And uh, I'll have some stuff coming for this week regarding... Um, the past event and this uh obviously predictions with ufc 250 this weekend um i haven't really looked at the card yet so i'm not going to put them on this podcast but if you listen to coast to coast combat hour matthew hawkins and i we always do a predictions piece 
leading into the weekend, the week before, and we're recording that tomorrow night. So thank you so much for those that still listen to this. Apologies again. Uh, it's it, Sadly, it's a sign of normalcy <laughs> that I'm that busy uh, that I didn't record last week. But um, there was also no events. But like, again, I'm going to try to uh, to keep up with stuff. Actually, just FYI, I'm going to start doing uh, video versions of this like I do for Coast to Coast Combat Hour. So if you go to the blogboard jungle.com's YouTube channel, that's my site, my YouTube channel. That's where I uh, put up the episodes for uh, Coast to Coast Combat Hour. And all my video interviews are there too, uh, including the one with Taylor that you're about to listen to. But the, um, you know, it's really, uh, I'm going to try to do more video content. And uh, I found a, a platform, a service where I can actually probably do this. This, this podcast, the same way I do Combat Hour, since this is my own personal one, um, and feature stuff on there. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Uh, also, I'm on Twitch. I know I'm always giving you my Twitter handle. So my Twitter, you can follow me. I have the link for everything out there. At, follow me on Twitter at Carbazel, C-A-R-B-A-Z-E-L. And my Twitch is uh, Old Head Carb. If you want to watch me play The Division 2. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I usually have a few drinks and crack some funny comments during the game because I'm playing by myself. Um, But that's that. Thanks again for listening. Uh, Please stay safe. Be peaceful. And, uh, you know, we, we can all try to get along better, I think. Hopefully. UFC 250 this weekend. Um, if you want to watch, if if if, if you want to escape, uh, that'll be this weekend's escape. And I do believe there's a Bruce Lee documentary on the Sunday after. So martial arts folks, old school cats, keep an eye out for that. And uh, and I got something interesting coming for 1:37 p.m. regarding martial arts and movies. So thanks again for listening. I'll keep you all posted. All right, I'm talking with uh, once again Anthony Pretty Boy Taylor, uh, itching to get back in the cage. Um, first of all, I mean I, we started off the year, you know, it was your it was your return to Bellator, uh, going into fight under the, under the same card where Chris Cyborg made her debut, and and you got your you picked up your win against Chris Avila there. Um, I I know you were celebrating and stuff after that, and then 2020 went and did a 360 on everybody and. All sports got put on hold. So first, uh, let folks know how you're doing, man. How are you maintaining out there? Oh, man, everything is great. Everything is blessed. I'm able to train. I'm able to spend time with my family and and definitely have the ability to be out there to still stay in shape and compete. But, you know, I'm great, man. I'm, I'm great. I'm doing, I'm doing great. I'm feeling great. I'm eating great, most importantly. Uh, so, yeah, that's how I am. I saw you just had the uh, you put your workout video up on Instagram when I was getting back from my own workout. Um, you know, so you're you're obviously staying in shape, and it, it looks like I mean I know it's not just you; it's it's all all the pro fighters under on the Bellator roster, UFC, LFA, everybody. I mean, when you guys choose the fighting life, it's what you want to do. So uh, I mean, it, it's no surprise that. Obviously, you. Uh, I was looking at the exchange on social media. You and Aaron Chalmers look like you want guys want to get back to work. You're making a uh, uh, Rich Cho's job easy over at Bellator. So, 
I mean, uh, can you just tell us how that came to be? What, what, did you did you stir it up, or who started what? <laughs> well, I stirred it up. I've been I've been wanting to fight Aaron Chalmers since the beginning. He came into Bellator. I think he's a first thing first. I'm not throwing shade at Aaron. I'm not bad mouthing him. Aaron is a very cool guy. Mm-hmm. Very cool guy. Very respectful. Entertaining guy. I have nothing wrong to say nothing, anything about Aaron because Aaron's a stand-up guy. He's an amazing father. Overall, kudos. I just feel like me. There's no bad blood. I just feel like Aaron's the guy that I want to fight. He's entertaining. He has the star quality, and it's like, why not have two star quality fighters fight? This is an amazing opportunity for both of us to see where we are in our career. You know, mm-hmm. of course, I've been fighting longer, but he has more opportunities more than I did. You know, Aaron came in the game. They got to build Aaron up. You know, they got him slowly to build him up to see what he's made of. Yeah. I got in the game. They threw me in there with the wolves. You see, Ed, who I fought. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. fought no slouches. You tell me if I fought a guy one and one, two and one, three and one, making my way up. You know, Aaron's five and two. That's his overall record. I'm seven and five. You know, mm-hmm. why not have some why not have that be something for him to see where he's at, where he improves martial art wise. I want to fly to England. I don't want him to come here. I want to go to England. I don't want to fight in the States. I don't want to fight England because that's what Triple H would do. Go to the <laughs> air yard. I'm the bad guy in this role. I want to play the role. I want to play the Triple H role. I want to go there, whoop his ass in front of his fans, in front of the majority. Jordy Shore, everybody. I want to make that happen. Yeah, no, I, I, I know you talked about your the influence from pro wrestling when we had you on the, the podcast that I do, Coast to Coast Combat Hour. Um, I mean, I think you've mentioned uh, your 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 love for, for pro wrestling uh, the first time we spoke, too. But, uh, I mean, there is there is an allure to the matchup uh, because of his following from Jordy Shore. I think because of the – I mean, you, got, you guys are still – uh, shaping yourselves out as as martial artists and professional fighters, but you both have enough fights where, to me, the matchup makes sense. So, um, I mean, I mean, in all honesty, uh, you know, with everything going on, who knows how the travel restrictions are? I mean, I, I wrote a couple of pieces where Coker talked about, uh, you know, how Bellator wants to come back in July. So you're actually probably physically in a better location if they can get him here than. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's where the fight happened. They, they were talking about using a closed studio lot out in on the West Coast in California I, out by you. And so. I'll wait. I'll wait. Mm-hmm. I'll wait. I'll wait till this op- bands open up, and I'll fight my way to them. I'll take a couple of fights, and then I'll fight Aaron. No mm-hmm. rush. I want to fight him in front of millions of people, hundreds and thousands of people watching him get his ass gotcha. on TV. I want to see all his little fine little girlfriends from Jordy Shore <laughs> surrounded that VIP. And I want to be pointing out blowing kisses. I'm like, yeah, you see your boy getting beat up. What? Shut up. You know, okay. I, I want to make sure that the fans are there watching that classic ass whoop. You know, I'm beatable. Mm-hmm. He's beatable. I can fight Benson Anderson. He's beatable. I'm beatable. There's no... I'm better, you're better egos here. It's about entertaining. You know, yeah. hey, it's cool fighting 
with no crowds, but I want a crowd. I need that entertainment piece right there. I am the entertainer, the flamboyant one, the pretty one. You know, I want to make sure that the fans are there live when I whoop his ass. So, I mean, you bring up a really interesting uh, subject, especially with, so you know, the UFC had those three events in Jacksonville, yeah. a couple other promotions. The Cage Warriors did their their uh, closed-off event. Um, most folks are kind of like, or most fighters seem to be okay with without the fans, but it looks like you're the opposite. Like, you, it, you get a lot of energy from the crowd, and I mean... There is something to be said for for the glory of combat in in an, uh, a roaring arena, so that's something for you that like. Do you think it would affect you? Like, say they here's the paperwork, and you want the fight obviously because that's what you do. If they say here's the paperwork, we're doing it in this closed uh, off lot, would you be still down for that? Uh, yeah, I would have to do it. Yeah, absolutely, because yeah. they're gonna be on TV watching. You know, hey, Ed, I'm gonna admit it. I'm a glory whore. I love the attention. <laughs> the more people there is, the better I perform. Yeah. I'm a glory whore. I'll soak in all them screamings and cheers and boos, and I throw it in. That's energy. That's like my power bar. The crowd yeah. is my power bar. I, I, Like I said, I'd be the first to admit I am a glory whore. Ain't nothing wrong with that. I've, I've always been fighting in people's backyards mm -hmm. since I first got into MMA as an amateur. I always go, there, there was never fights in the Bay Area, so I would have to go to Stockton to fight in someone's house. Mm -hmm. Like, well, well, their arena and fight people from Stockton. have to go to Fresno, Visalia, LA, you know, Reno to fight those local guys mm -hmm. from that venue, and it was either do or die. You know, as far as Bellator went, I fought in San Jose, someone out as a house. I fought in Ireland. I fought in Budapest. I fought in Sonora. I fought in England, you know? So I've mm -hmm. always fought in someone's house. I've never been comfortable. Not I've always been comfortable where I fought because if you want to fight at my house, my house is the Oakland Oracle. Mm. That's my house. And we ain't fighting there no time soon. So guess what? Yeah. I have no choice but to be comfortable. When you think about AJ McKee and, and Joey Davis and Slice, they're comfortable because the form is their house. Mm -hmm. That's where they from. Yeah. You know, not Slice, but AJ, a, AJ and, and Joey, that's where they from. So they, they feel they get that energy boost because, hey, family's there. They're all there. I don't have that energy boost. Mm -hmm. I got my own high, so I'm forced to fight regardless. So it doesn't it doesn't phase me if I go to their house or they come to me. I want people to see that I'm a whoop his ass. Now, if you sign the contract and let's make it happen, but I highly doubt Bellator is going to allow that happen without mm -hmm. fans. Yeah, because he Aaron Aaron is more popular than Michael Page. Overall, mm -hmm. as far as a person aspect, Aaron is more popular than. Well, Aaron yeah, he's he's got celebrity status over there. I, I know he it, does stuff with uh, Garrett Davies on on the on the podcast that they do out yeah. there in the UK. So yeah, no, I I see where you're coming from. Um, but uh, you know, I mean, I, I know you talk about how you're you like the attention and stuff like that, and you're good at it. You're good at drumming it up. I I, I follow your social <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I mean, one thing, I mean, uh, I, I don't want it to go without notice either because, as you know, I've been watching your fight since you and I touched base. The, uh, your last fight, I mean, uh, you, you conducted yourself really well during the fight. 
even when your opponent kind of tried to take a cheap shot at you, it was like between rounds two and three, I think, when when you were being separated and he kind of like pushed you off of him and and you know I uh your your coach kind of co- called you to the corner and was like you know chill out and you, and you pulled off the win, so I, I'm I'm just saying like that's something that that shouldn't go unnoticed. I mean you you, you definitely like f- when it, when it comes to marketing fights the the way you know with the with the back and forth that you, you and Aaron are doing right now on social and the stuff you've done with Gallagher in the past you know what I mean like there's a point to it where it's like there's a safe there's a safe point and there's a point where it's where it's overly personal how do you how do you gauge yourself cuz you always seem to keep it fun and interesting so how do you how, how do you measure the gauge of like let me not say x y and z i'll just you know make fun of a hairdo or something you know what i mean <coughs> i think a lot of it is I think a lot of it is, you know, when a person is being serious, you know, when this person being playful mm-hmm. or, you know, you know, you can tell in this demeanor of your tone and your voice, eye contact. Like if me and you are going to fight, I'm going to talk crap. I'm going to talk crap. How, you know, it's like Imam Lali did with Sonny. Listen, oh, you are ugly bear. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like, yo, you, you, you talking build up. You just talking crap. Yeah, you yeah. funny. You know, you funny, but it's not like. It's not like it's personal. Yeah. We just having fun because it's going to be a good fight. Yeah. Same thing with Gallagher. Same thing with Aaron. You know, a lot of people didn't understand what I did with Gallagher. A lot of people didn't know the backstory with Gallagher. Like, dude, I make front headlines in Dublin, Ireland for two days in a row when I was talking smack out there. People didn't know that. Front headlines, like on newspapers. I was on TV out there. And people didn't realize that because they only just saw what they saw on on uh, Bellator.com or, the, you know, on Instagram. Mm-hmm. But engaging in fights has always been who I am as a person because as a kid, you grew up being a class clown, a jokester. So it became natural. It's not like corny like Henry how can Henry engages like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, yeah. you don't see me getting the pillow smacking me on the ass like yeah you see this? <laughs> yeah yeah this is you this is you see this you're done you don't see me doing that stuff you know everything everything is fun and organic mm. you know it's not it's not bad mouthing to where it's untasteful you know it's very it's very yeah. pure and fun and, and this is just what I do. I like to do. I like to stir up the pot. When you think about who makes all the money, the bad guys. Yeah. <laughs> the bad guys are the ones who make all the money. You start off bad, you end off good. I'm yeah. going to be that bad guy like Triple H. Triple H, everybody want to see Triple H lose. He was always kicking your ass. He was the bad guy, but everybody want to watch him. Lose, I, man. I remember as a kid watching WWE. I'd be like, I hope he dies because he's screwing over the Rock <laughs> over the WWE title. Yeah, yeah. I hope he dies. And as you get older, you're like, oh shit. Oh, I see why he did that. He's like yeah. Mayweather. No one likes Mayweather, but they all want to watch him lose. And guess yeah. what? He don't lose. Yeah. No, man. And, and and you're on a five fight win streak yourself. So so far, uh, the, the losses haven't been uh, in your in your area at all as far as your record goes man you've been improving um so as far as the skill sets go outside of the of of uh, you guys both verbally agreeing to fight i mean how do you match up as far as i mean you've evolved a lot first of all i mean i know i know when you're coming in we talked about the losses and how you came back and focused on not losing that against uh 
someone like Aaron, um, you know, as far as where you guys both are right now in the sport? Well, I have more experience, so I have more cage IQ because mm-hmm. I fought amateurs, I fought pro, a lot more pro fights. I have I have better ground as far as wrestling and jujitsu, and I have better striking. You know, and I hit a lot harder, and I have better training partners. You know, I got a variety of training partners from Slice. Yeah. From when we had Aaron Pico, we have AJ McKee. I, we had training partners from Brandon Halsey to Emmanuel Newton to Bubba Jenkins to, you know, now we got Joey Davis. So, and we got Aviv Gonzalez. He's with us. So, my training part, my training is just only, it's all, it's like this way. We got all type of aspects of the game. Mm-hmm. You want to be a kickboxer? Hell, we got AJ who's going to kick the shit out of you. You want to be a wrestler? <laughs> shit. We got Joey who want to wrestle you. You know, if you want to be a striker, hell, we had we had Slice and Aaron Pico who want to box with you. Mm-hmm. You know, so you you couldn't say, oh, I was the best at one aspect because in the gym, everybody's good at every aspect. So you look at you look at Aaron, who he trains with, the Edward brothers, right? They mm-hmm. known, they're not known for striking I me, mean, for, for grappling. Look at them. They can't grapple. You know, you put Leon Edwards, you put Leon Edwards with, you know, with, let's say, Romero, right? Romero Cotton. Mm-hmm. You know who Romero Cotton is, right? Yeah, yeah. From Bellator, a.k.a. Romero, tear his ass up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You put Ed Roof with Leon Edwards. Ed Roof tear his ass up. The Styles mm. makes fights. And when you look at like I said, teammates, as far as sparring, I have better sparring partners. I have a better coach by far because our coach has produced champions. Mm-hmm. And just a better overall arsenal than him. You know, all he has better than me is just more Instagram and Twitter followers. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, all I mean, what the one thing, I mean, like, you deserve credit, though. Like I said, your evolution, man. I mean, one thing, uh, during that fight, you're talking about the ground game and stuff like that. I, I know the losses you had were submissions, and you had talked about how you had made sure that you weren't going to get ever get submitted again. And there was a point in the last fight that I remember I was watching, and I was like, oh, wow. You know, I, I was I, I saw you focused, relaxed, and fighting your way out of, out of uh, you know, you, you won a decision over someone that tried to submit you, so... I mean that that right there was a, a great victory for your career. I, I'm looking forward to seeing you fight again, man. Um, I hope this this one gets signed again. I know I know these were verbally. People can check uh, your social uh, to see the back and forth between you and Aaron. And um, I mean, I, I, not for nothing, man. I mean, uh, if Rich sees this, I'm definitely gonna put it out there for him I to see. It, but but uh, I you know I I hope that uh, I hope that this is something. I honestly feel like the well is so dry because of the pause on sports that you you might get what you want, man. Um, I gotta I, stir up that pot, because <laughs> yeah. like, hey, y'all want something to eat? Cool. It might take about four or five months before it's done, but I'm gonna go <laughs> ahead and cook it for y'all right now. You know what I'm saying? But just know y'all finna eat when we done. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Definitely keep it up, man. And I'm glad you're staying in shape and staying sharp out there. Um, I appreciate the time, and, and uh, as always, time, man. man. Uh, give a shout out to uh, your sponsors and and all that stuff. Uh, you know, I know I know you got to eat uh 
food too instead of not just fights. Absolutely. <laughs> I want to, you know, give a shout to, you know, Pure Kana CBD oil, the best in the business, Elevate, you know, great for recovery and everything. Atlanta egg whites, egg weights to get my speed up, you know, Metro Flex, uh, Team Body Shop. Everybody follow me on Twitter, Anthony underscore for real, you know, Facebook, Anthony Pretty Boy Taylor. You know, if you guys check me out in Vegas, Chippendales, hit me up. No, I'm, I'm just joking, but <laughs> that's all I have, Ed. That's all I have. All right. Well, I appreciate it, man. Hey, you have a good Memorial Day weekend. You stay safe, stay uh, healthy. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, we can get some fight news soon. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you.